0: you're listening to The Cathedral Podcast, to learn more about cathedral-like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearcathedral.com. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Oh, come on. I've been traveling for a while. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Dave, for that awesome introduction and welcome. It's such a joy to be here. I honestly feel that coming to cathedral is like coming to your second home. For 25 years, the first time I came here was 13 years old, and we were uh, under the guidance of Pastor Mike and Auntie Dean, uh, they've they've invested so much in our lives, and uh, I saw the friendship Pastor Mike and my dad had, and how uh, iron sharpens iron, they sharpened each other, and they serve God wholeheartedly, and they've invested in our generation, and now asked us to invest in generations to come. And we we just thank them for their faithfulness. Can we just thank that generation for all that they've done? Uh, We just honor you and thank you. And it's not just what they say, but how they live life, modeling Christ. And and, uh, walking with you during those times, it's been extremely, such a joy. And one of the reasons I've seen, how could we have God done this? We can't be any more different. I come from a different continent, speak a different language, have a different culture. But the fact that we have one God and we worship God. He has knitted our hearts together. And I bring you greetings and love from your brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka from the Kittu seven Church. We love you guys. We pray for you. We journey with you, honoring and glorifying his name wherever He's place is placeless so the world will know that Jesus is Lord and his love is unconditional and his touch on a life will transform the nations. So it's, it's an incredible honor. One of the reasons I remember is that uh, even when my wife and I uh, we came here with one of our oldest son. Uh, the first time we ever let him out of our sight and went on a date after he was born, the only place we felt comfortable was to leave him with Blakely and Leah, who took care of our baby. That was the first time. We never did it even back home. And that's the level of confidence and trust we have here, and that's just something only the Lord can do. So thank you for your love. And every one of you that is walking in the corridors, just the way you greet, the way you love, you're just overflowing with his love, and thank you for who you are. And being a good ambassador of his love so today I'm talking about Jesus and how Christ's name is being glorified throughout the world in every tongue tribe and nation a very improbable journey of Christ it seemed impossible how would Christ have such a phenomenal impact I want to look at that we want to start off by going into the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 This is 700 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah has a revelation from God and he says so. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Talk about a birth announcement. 700 years before, setting the bar so high now, if I was a marketing consultant to God at the time, I would say, this is setting it too high. We might be falling short and people may not believe. Let's tone it down a bit. But God doesn't need consultation. Say, this is, Israel was not even doing well at the time. It was a difficult to even imagine that there would be a child born in this community. In this, it was unimaginable. But here goes Isaiah and he says this. And sure enough, it's almost like when I went to undergrad, I went to college in Boston and Obviously, Boston Red Sox is a big deal in Boston. And I was told these stories of this great player called Babe Ruth, who used to come to the stand and once would point to us, said, I'm gonna hit the ball there. You get your best pitch, I don't care, whatever you do, that's where I'm hitting it. It doesn't look like it's possible you're supposed to be a great pitcher, doesn't matter. That's where I'm hitting it, and he does. God through Isaiah is doing that. This is the God that's coming, the Messiah the King of Kings the Lord of Lords the wonderful counselor that's what's gonna happen improbable Israel was in no place to have such a king come through them but our God is great our God is far greater so then you would assume in the 700 years that God might do a little bit of work to make sure things are a little bit more comfortable and stable that this improbable vision this dream can become a reality but no Jesus is born in a manger born into poverty born into a virgin birth and all this the situation didn't seem right for that kind of end to be the King of Kings the Lord of Lords the wonderful counselor doesn't look good and if you were going to try and now elevate this situation things are bad there's a lot of poverty here there's a lot of uncertainty doesn't look grand doesn't look royal doesn't look anything that needs to have that perfect start to come to this end he decides to send the angels to start making announcements to get the hype up and who does he go? He goes to the shepherds. Shepherds couldn't keep a day job. They were people who were ostracized by society. These were questionable characters. These were not very educated, not very sharp, not very trustworthy individuals. Why is he going and telling them? This is not going to help Jesus with his street cred with the Jewish community. <laughs> it's not working according to plan. And these wise men, not even from the Jewish tradition, from somewhere else. They were they were, they were not they were Gentiles. But. Jesus did, normally if you were doing this, now if once again I was the consultant, I would say we need to get the who's who of our society to come in. You need to have the right people. We need to make sure that this birth is taking place in good royalty, in good comfort, and the world needs to be talking about it and set the stage up for this Messiah to really shine and live up to that 700-year promise and that prophecy. But God doesn't need to be propped up when he's the real deal. Strip it all down. I don't need any of this. I am God and I'm here and he made sure this was good news for all and we've seen that throughout Christianity from the poorest of the poor to the rich from the academics to those who have unschooled from people of tribes in power to people in oppression whatever background they've been God has been God he has been the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to all he was the wonderful counselor not for some people for all people. He was the King of Kings, not for a certain kingdom, for all of humanity. He was the Lord of Lords, not for a certain part of a generation or a certain time period in society. He was the Lord of Lords for eternity. That is the God we worship. Many things fade away kingdoms come, empires come, fashion comes, celebrities come, dynasties come, dynasties go away, hegemonies come, hegemonies go away. But throughout the past 2,000 years, the name of Christ continues to be exalted and glorified in every tongue, tribe, and nation across this world because he was who Isaiah foretold him to be. That's the God we worship. Empires may go and come. Even economies may go and come. But the name of our Jesus, our Lord, is forever that's why we worship him if you look at the impact of his birth today 2,000 years later over 2.2 billion people around the world worship Christ as Lord and Savior they consider him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords can you imagine Normally, in any sort of civilization, if a person's life starts echoing beyond a century, beyond two centuries, where people still even refer to the person, leave alone, revere the person, and consider the person king of kings and lord of lords, you need certain prerequisites to make that happen. Either you need to have been born into royalty and had great wealth and a kingdom, Either you need to have extreme academic excellence or inventions or so on, or amazing artistic ability. You need to have been born into a civilization where you was a, was a golden era in society and you were in a place of privilege. All people in humanity that we talk about two, three, four centuries after their death are people with one of those five things that have made it possible for them to be talked about, have given that platform. Jesus had none of that. He didn't need any of that. Who would have imagined that this child born in the manger, under the oppression of Roman rule, seemingly nobody would be worshipped and glorified across the world by over 2.2 billion people today, out of 8 billion, and growing, if it was not for the fact that he is Lord. If it not for the fact that the prophecy was being made true, What about the people who even give their lives for the gospel today? Certain data indicates that each year around 3,000 people die for the faith. All they have to do is say, no, 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 Jesus is not Lord. I don't believe him. I don't follow him and just walk away and they can save their lives. But these people say, no, I will not denounce my faith. Jesus is my Lord. He is my king and I will worship him. I will never denounce him and therefore giving their lives to continue to worship him. Happening today. How is that possible for this random person born if he was random 2,000 years ago? We're seeing it. I've been amazed when I go into countries with extreme persecution and I see the fervor, the passion. Their lives are on the line. Literally meeting on Sunday could be a death sentence, but they show up. They worship. Literally sharing the gospel could cause them life in prison, but they share the gospel. Literally living out your faith has significant dangerous consequences but that does not deter them from doing what they have been called to do because they truly worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No other human power is worthy of even questioning that. At the same time as you look at the impact Christ has made in Matthew 25 verse 40 Jesus very clearly says the king will reply truly I tell you Whatever you did for the least of these brethren, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus took and he said, well, if you really love me, I want you to love those who are suffering in your society. I want you to be the hands and feet, my hands and feet in society. It was not just about church on Sunday and worshipping God and living in a Christian community but it was the community now overflowing the love of Christ from our community to respond to those who are hurting in our society with no condition just to love because what he said was that's where I am if you do it there you're doing it for me if you want to physically embrace the Lord embrace those who are suffering in your society You can experience his spirit in your heart, and you can experience his presence when we gather and worship his name, but if you want to experience him physically on this side of heaven, go care for those who are suffering. And that theological understanding compelled the church over the years throughout Christendom to go and do things for beyond their selfish ambition and serve their communities selflessly and passionately throughout history humanity has been very self-serving we've done things just for ourselves but this Christian ideal that Christ taught us and said if you love me love those who are suffering has caused Christians to go start hospitals where there was no medicine education where there was no opportunities for learning helping against trafficking being peacemakers in the midst of violent conflict helping people who have been persecuted and ostracized in society we do it because we're doing it for Jesus Not so that the world will see and there will be a picture and we can take a selfie and say, well, I'm a nice person. No, I'm not. I'm loving Jesus because he loved me so. And because Christians have done that from generation to generation, people have seen the love of Christ beyond the walls of the church into the darkest places in our society. We were called to be the light of the world, not light of the church. God wanted his love to overflow to those who didn't have the privilege of knowing him, to experience that and then follow to the fountain of love for Christ himself. It's amazing when you look at the impact our fellow believers have had across the world for so many generations. The Emperor Julian once said, look at these Christians. They not only take care of their own, but they're even taking care of our people as if they were their own. It has had an impact and we're called to continue in that light. If Jesus was not who he says he was, how much damage has been taken place by those who have appeared to act as if they're Christian or say that they're Christian, but caused damage? Whether it was by abuse or slavery or colonization and all these things, people have done certain things. And this, if Jesus was not true, that people would have thought, oh, this whole thing is a lie. Of that truth has been so profound that even in communities that have been oppressed, have experienced the love of God beyond the pain that has been done by manipulation. That's a phenomenal power. In many colonial countries, some of the things that have happened are unspeakable, but yet there is a vibrant church in that community. There was a distortion of the faith in certain instances, but despite that, the truth. Penetrated in the hearts of even those who were oppressed for them to see who real Jesus was. And now they are coming and sharing the gospel in these communities. Now that's profound. God is powerful. He's great. And it's the same reason um, I felt called into the ministry of peace building. As Dave said, our country went through 30 years of civil war. We saw bloodshed. And we felt there were so many things that have happened, but we, the church, were called to be peacemakers and we started bringing these enemy ethnic groups together and started saying, hey, can we come together? Can we heal? Can we reconcile? Can we stop the cycles of violence? And we do that not because we want to be good, but because Christ asked us to love. And we're we're supposed to take evil and brokenness in our society and respond to it with the love of God. If he is truly the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I'm not limited To just making excuses, I can walk in His name and respond. It's been a joy to work today. We're in fifteen countries, from Afghanistan to Congo to Uganda, wherever there has been tribal or religious warfare, where multi-religious organization where we're able to bring people together. I just want to share some of our faces of our teams, and we respond because I truly believe we have been called to love the least among us, especially in the midst of war. There's so much of Violations of human rights, so much degrading of society, we're not talked to to turn the other way, we're called to respond. So just check this out. Etyonini from Uganda. Welcome to the family. Varnakam from Sri Lanka. Welcome to the family. Beowuley from Liberia. Welcome to the family.
0: Salam from
1: Afghanistan. Welcome to the family. Kujambo, Toka Kenya. Welcome to the family. Namaskar from Nepal. Welcome to the family. Bote, Bonjour from Congo. Welcome to the family. Kushe from Sierra Leone. Welcome to the family. Shalom from Israel and welcome to the family. Ahlan umar waafikum from Palestine. Welcome to the family. Minglava from Myanmar United. Welcome to the family. Saludos. From Colombia, welcome to the family. These are young people in countries of great conflict and strife were refusing to turn the other way and trying to build bridges of healing and peace. And when we started, you might say, oh, this is something some major international organization did. These were just a bunch of young kids who took a step of faith. I remember, you know, when I was starting off and God called me to start this work, I remember telling my dad, I think God's calling me to start a peace building movement in Sri Lanka. He said, that's very good. Who's going to pay you for this? I said, God is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went to America, you educated yourself, you decided to come back, and now you're going to pay yourself? I said, I don't know. God will take care of it. But God provided. Today we're the largest youth movement in our country. Over 30,000 members, 50 full-time staff. For 10 years, I didn't have a paycheck, but God provided and we were able to continue to, and we started seeing enemies working together. We started seeing change. We, started, we were able to respond to the hurt and the injustice. And I believe the God who called us is more than able. It's that simple act of obedience that he responds to. And that, as a result of that, people will see that Jesus is Lord. In the Bible it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And if you know a lamp, it's not a lot of light. It's just enough light to see your next step. And when you take that step, that gives you enough light to say the next step and the next step. It's a series of consistent obedience, of simple acts of obedience that leads to a life of faithfulness, to experience the goodness of God and for the world to see that God is truly the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I believe he's calling us to that. And I know we have pain. We have our own trauma. We have our own inadequacies. We have our own excuses but we have a great high priest who understands our pain he's his God he's king he's victorious but he understands you he understands me we have experienced serious trauma in war we have seen violence but he understands us and I believe he meets us where we're at and whatever it is sometimes you might say Lord I I know you're calling me to respond I know now you want me to stand up and respond so the world will know that you are Lord. But Lord, I have problems, I have hurts, I have financial difficulties. I have, we can say all those excuses, but whatever and how great your problem is, God is greater. How painful your wound is, he's healing is more profound. How daunting the task is, he is far, far stronger and greater. For a world that's hurting and desperately in need, Jesus continues to prove that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords through the lives of his children responding in obedience today. And you are his child. Jesus doesn't call wrong numbers. He's not a telemarketer who's just shooting in the dark and saying, oh, that's not the one. He knows you. He formed you in your mother's womb, and he called you not just to be here, not to just be in this community, but to now stand in his name and be that generation that transforms your community and your world. Just to prove that Jesus is God. Just for a mother generation's eyes to open saying, wow, God is among us. My atheist friends say, Prashan, if there's a good and loving God, Why is there so much suffering and pain and injustice in our world? My answer has always been, God didn't allow the pain to happen, neither did he turn the other way. He loved and anointed his children to be his hands and feet. He called us to respond. If you feel the pain, that's God breaking your heart to now respond in obedience to what he has for you for his purposes. God didn't break your heart or my heart to what's happening in our world to prove that we have a heart. He knows that he made us. (laughs) He made our heart. But when he breaks our heart, he's asking us to now respond as your generation respond. You may say I'm not good enough. You may say I'm broken. But every time I say I'm not good enough, I'm telling Jesus, Lord, you didn't suffer enough on the cross. Every time I say I'm too wounded, I'm telling Jesus, you've got the wrong one. He doesn't make mistakes. You're here. Our world is hurting. Your community is hurting. Let's stand up and serve so that the name of Jesus will be clearly known for another generation as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. He loves you the same. If you are up in the morning and you can breathe and you can stand and you have been given the new mercies and graces of God that morning, you are ready for whatever task he has for us. So let us go and serve. So that the world will know, oh Jesus is truly the mighty God, the King of kings, the Prince of peace, the wonderful Counselor, because he lives in you and serves through you for the glory of his name and the expansion of his kingdom. May God bless you may he use you as you step in obedience wherever you are and if you're discouraged and hurt may he restore you and may you continue all the days of your life to uplift the name of god that the world without a doubt will say jesus is truly the king of kings and the lord of lords god bless you and thank you
0: Come on, one more time, let's just get up for Prashan real quick. <sighs> Absolutely. I told—I wasn't lying to you. You can't help but sit under this man and just whatever's going on in your life. He just there's something that God has put inside of him. This faith piece of God. I don't feel qualified. I, I just feel I can't measure up. And time and time again, Prashan has heard that call in his life. And not knowing every answer, just said, you know what, God, you have a willing participant. I say yes, and I love every single time. Prashan, before you go down, I know our congregation has been, tied. you guys can take a seat for just a second, uh, has been so tied into with your mom and your dad. And you were telling a a story first service of just, can can you you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Thank you for letting me. Um, As you know, my mom passed away about 10 months ago. And uh, one of the beauties for us was to see, in the midst of that, 30 days before she passed, she called us and said, The Lord is calling me home. I'm so excited. She was so happy. Her face was just radiant. And and I was saying, Aren't you going to miss us? (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like what she was about to walk into was even greater, and she had done her work here. And I saw that and said, God, she started recounting the goodness of God from her childhood till her seventh like those seven decades she started recounting oh Lord you have been faithful and the goodness of God and she went on and would almost for 24 hours just beautiful Psalms of talking about her life and how the Lord blessed and then she talked to us and said be faithful serve him let the world know that Jesus is Lord and I, I just like in that moment then you know how true this is in that moment of weakness and frailty and the end of your earthly life that joy of knowing I'm going for something greater And to know a life well lived, that every day I knew the Lord, I gave it my all. I served, but I still wish I could have done more. And I wish we can end life someday knowing that we have done it. Every day, Lord, I was faithful as much as I could. I didn't make excuses, I didn't turn the other way. Even in the midst of her pain, and she lived in pain for a long time, she didn't stop. And that for me was a profound moment of knowing, wow. God is truly the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is real. This is not sermon. This is not stage. This is life. And the caregivers for her, who are non-Christian women, both of them gave their lives to Christ, saying, we've seen so many people. Uh, They've said, "We, we care for people in their last stages, but we've never seen this peace, this confidence, this joy in passing to the eternal. This has to be the way. And they borrowed her Bible and they were reading it while they were with her. And one of the ladies, my mom, prophesied over her just before passing, saying, God told me to pray that you'd have kids. And she started crying, How do you know? We've been trying to have kids for so long. No, he also told me you're going to have twins. And he, I've been praying for twins all my life. I, I wanted twins all my life. And sure enough, after my mom passed away, she's pregnant and she's about to have kids. And even as they were on her way out, and we felt like, That's the joy of the Lord we know. This is far more greater than just a stage or just an experience. This is life with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. With that great investment, there is a great responsibility for how we live. So thank you.
0: Prashant, thank you so much for your word. Absolutely incredible. Thank you guys so much. Uh, He said 25 years ago, Prashant's actually been coming to this church longer than I have. I was sitting on the front row just thinking about that and all the years... And I just loved his word, and I hope it resonates with you, this whole idea of the uniqueness of Christ. This idea that every single one of you guys sitting in these chairs were made for a unique purpose. You weren't born into this world and into this generation just as happenstance. But every single one of us have a plan that God has for our life. And the interesting thing that, that I love about Prashan, and that he communicates so well, is that he didn't call any one of us to be perfect. Amen? None of us are perfect people, none of us are perfect parents. We don't do the right thing every single day of our lives, but God didn't call for perfect people. He, he just called for people to have the willingness to say yes to God. And, and I love that so much in the story that Prashan uh, just admits to us of his life journey. And he was very humble. Because a lot of the stories that you hear of Sri Lanka Unites, yeah, he, he had no funding. He had to go out and get all that. No, this wasn't, this wasn't just easy street for him to reunite and reconcile a nation. But because of his willingness to say yes, step out, just like we learned in VBS, that major step of faith, that mustard seed of faith, he saw a generation where parents killed each other But yet, sons and daughters came together being united. That's massive. And we get to do the same thing in in our own lives. And I think that's what I love so much about every single time I've been able to get around you, Prashan, is we don't have to have all the answers, you know? But yet, we can say yes to God, and he will use us in such a mighty way. Amen? Here's what we're going to do. We have some resources out in, in, the, in the lobby for you guys by our cafe. If you want to hear more of his story and more of his journey of what he's created between Sri Lanka Unites and Global Unites and just a little bit more of that story, we have two different books, one's a devotional, one's more the the story of that. Um, but feel free to get that. If we run out, um, I, might, I didn't hear the number last, but there was a long line, so we might run out. Um, you can find his book on Amazon, please partner with him. But I want to do one more thing before we take off. You guys do such a good job of this. We've been praying so much about this next generation, and you guys have been partnering not only with our teens uh, and our youth, uh, but you guys understand prayer, and the prayer culture that's in this church is bar none. So proud of that. So before he leaves, would y'all join me in praying and covering for the the things that God is calling him to? Would y'all join me in that? Sean, would you mind coming up here one more time? And here's how the, this works for you guys. If you guys, uh, just like we did with our teens, if y'all will stretch your hand. Uh, and the Lord may do a couple of things. Hey, I'm going to pray, but he may drop something inside of you. Would you just say those words? There's, there's power when we pray. And there's, it's powerful when we release those words. And so just, if anything, just put, stretch your hand towards Brashan. I want to, because the, the scripture says we're two or more agree. And I think as I look around this room, we don't only have two, we have an army. And I know he wants an army praying to cover him. And I want him to know that there's an army in Charleston, South Carolina, that every step he takes, there's a group of people championing him, praying for him, covering him, releasing angels around his life. Amen? So stretch your hands toward him, and let's just pray and cover over Prashan. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for this man. We thank you for this relationship that this family brings here to Charleston. And, and Father, we just release a, a special anointing, a special covering over his life, over his family's life, over the entire DeViscer family and their ministries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Father, I know that you, you have put such a mighty call on his life. And Father, I just ask that he, as he continues to step out in faith, doors that he doesn't know whether they're going to open or not but father you know the exact doors they need to open and you know the exact doors they need to close and father we just release your will in his life as he continues to chase after reconciliation in so many different parts of our world that desperately need to hear the message of you god father would you give him the grace and the anointing and the relationship with the people in those communities that he needs to make that impact father would you bless him as he leads all those different organizations Father, as he even uh, begins to step out in faith for what you want him to do, the new heights of what you're wanting to take him, even in his own country of Sri Lanka, Father, I just ask for now a special anointing over him. Father, would you put a hedge of protection over him? Lord, would you give him grace with his own people? And Father, to do all this, he needs an incredible, an incredible amount of you that he can pour out. But, Father, you're not a God that just fills us. You're the God of overflow. And so, Father, I just ask that he, as he pours out time and time again, Father, would you just put the people in his path and just the time of restoration that he needs. And when he steps out in that faith, not only is he pouring from a bucket that's full, but, Father, he's pouring from a bucket that is so overflowing that he can't wait to pour it out on the people that need it. So, Father, would you restore him? Father, we also know that none of this happens if his home front isn't taken care of as well and so the 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 first ministry father that we really want to pour into father is his family father even the time that he's away right now father would you just now put into his kids into his wife and father the covering that he provides lord would it be such a strong covering that when he goes out yes he's known for reconciliation yes he's known for just how brilliant of a mind he is and how he can bring people together but father the first thing that he's known for is the dad that he is, is the husband that he is, is the friend that he is. And so, Father, we just ask for your blessing, your hand, to be on Prashan's life. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen, amen. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you, Prashan. One more time. Can we give a hand to him? He's already blessed you, but let me do one more thing for you. Lord, I just bless you guys with that same awareness, the same calling that's on his life is on every single one of ours, which is that God has a plan. He's got a purpose for you. Now we just need to walk in it. Amen? Lord, thank you guys for being here. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Stop in the foyer, get one of his books. He'd love to chat with you afterwards. Love you guys so much. Thank you all for being here. You've been listening to The Cathedral Podcast. If you are encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.